Well, first of all, welcome to the show, Alan. It's a it's a real honour to have you on, mate, because uh, I've listened to your show for so many times, and and you know you you're an absolute delight to listen to, and plus the fact that you've played for Manchester United, so that's brilliant. Yeah. Well, you're very kind. I was very lucky football career. Played for some great clubs. Yeah. Ipswich was my first club under Sir Bobby Robson. Spurs, Keith Birkinshaw. And then, of course, Manchester United under Ron Atkinson. So, yeah. very lucky. And then a, a little spell with Coventry. And then QPR. And, of course, one of the highlights has to be 1982 Scotland World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, look at, looking at it here, I mean, you, you know, you started at Ipswich in 1976, 154 appearances, it says here, and 70 goals, which is not bad by anybody's yes. standards, is it, really? No, I was, when I was a kid, I was pretty prolific, even in the youth team, South East Counties, for Ipswich in 1976. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I broke all sorts of records, and then one month we played four games, and I got four, 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 16 goals in four games, so... <laughs> And one was against our big rivals, Norwich City. Yeah. So yeah. that that was very, very memorable. And you were born in Glasgow in, in the Govan area. Is that I gotta fancy yes. Paddy I, I I've spoken to Paddy Crow and being a red and he is that the Gorbals or is that different? No, 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 no. Paddy was the Gorbals. Um, Govan Govan is Rangers, Ibrooks. Oh, is it right? But I was yeah. born in the hospital there because my mother came from Govan. Yeah. And I was yeah. born in the hospital there. And then after a year, I think it was, we moved uh, to a, a very famous place. It was infamous in those days, called Castle Milk. Right. The locals call it Chateaulet, but it's, it was once the murder capital, believe it or not, of Europe. It was uh, a, a sprawling estate, council estate. And um, it was, you know, in those days, it was a dangerous place, if you like. But then I moved again. My father was a shopkeeper. He owned his own business. We moved to a place called Sims Hill. Mm-hmm. But I actually went to school not far from the Gorbals. And a lot of my friends at school were from the Gorbals. But Castle Mill, going back, you had the Eddie, Eddie Gray, Frank Gray. Yeah. And you had Arthur Graham, who were three notable guys that played for, you know, Leeds United. And, of course, Arthur played for Manchester United as well. So yeah, yeah, it was did. a very, very famous, it was a famous place. Um, and my school, my, my school was a place called Holyrood. And um, amazingly, you know, um, you know, played for the, the team. But amazingly, we had, we had very talented musicians there. Yeah. We had Jim Kerr, Charlie Butchell from Simple Minds. Oh, all right, We yeah. had Jerry McElhoy and his, his brother, who's the bass player for Texas. Altered Images, part of their band, were there. And also the, the lead singer and Travis was from Hollywood. Oh, so gosh. it was quite remarkable yeah, yeah. what they produced musically. I suppose you wouldn't have come across Paddy that much because he's he's a fair bit older than you, I think. I'm, I'm... Well, Paddy, he is. Paddy was a legend, and it wasn't really until um, Paddy, you know, I went to Manchester United when I came across Paddy Crennan, but fascinating guy, hmm. grew up very tough and rough, and, of course, played with legends, played at Celtic, my team, and played at Manchester United with the greats. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you started your, your youth career at Celtic Boys Club then. Was that affiliated I, to I the did. club? Well, not officially, but it was recognised as their nursery nursery football club. Yeah. But officially, I don't know. I don't think so. Mm. But, um, you know, I played a variety of positions there. Left fullback, left midfield. And then they played me up front. And I broke all records. I scored 62 goals. Yeah. But by then, they had their allocation of schoolboy forms, which were, we used to call them S forms, and they couldn't really sign anyone else. But below me and above me were good players. Charlie Nicholas below me. 
Yeah. Uh, a guy called John McCluskey. George McCluskey played for Celtic. But my captain was Roy Aiken. All right, yeah. Who was yeah. Uh, obviously Celtic and Scotland captain. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. And then you had a spell, 1978, you went on loan just for 21 games, it says here, at uh, Detroit. That must have been an experience. It was an experience. I went the following morning from uh, after the cup final win. And, you know, in those days, there was only one sub. And I was, to be honest, I had no real chance of being sub. I think I played a couple of games that season, but there was only one sub. And they went to a guy called Mick Lambert. But we won 1-0, and I got the 6 o'clock flight the following Sunday morning after the cup final to New York, where Detroit Express were playing the New York Cosmos. Right. And um, the, 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 the affiliation there, Bobby Robson was very friendly with Jimmy Hill from the Fulham con um, yeah. uh, connection. And uh, Jimmy had a big part of Detroit Express, and he said, go there and find some pace. I want you to I want you to come back a, a yard or two sharper. And that's what I did. It was a great learning curve. And, and was Pele playing for uh, Cosmos in those no, days? No, he finished, but the, the one guy I did play against was George Best. Oh, right, yeah. And yeah. Um, I scored, he scored. This was the playoffs, quarterfinals, I think it was. Yeah. And he said to me, who are you, son? I don't know you. you got a great left foot. And I was like, I was gobsmacked, you know. <laughs> but um, he was a lovely guy, and I got to know George very well. Yeah, yeah, quite. It's such a sad story, really, at the end of the day, isn't it? Because he was so brilliant. Sad, but he, he had a brilliant life as well. You know, it was, it was too short, mm. full of troubles, but what a player. You know, oh, just yeah. a magician. I remember I was re watching just, just recently the, the, the match against Benfica, where we beat them 5-1. And and yep. he came. Do you remember he came back with that great big sombrero hat on? And uh, yes, I do. All I the do. papers got it, and all the rest of it. And that was really the start of the of the, the magic of George Best. I always felt that that particular game. Well, well, that, you know that was a great game, and of course the year before my team Celtic won it in Lisbon. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so Jock Steen's side. You know, Tommy Gamble, um, great players. Billy McNeil lifted the trophy. So it, yeah. was, it was a it was a golden era. It was yeah, brilliant. it was a golden era. It was. So when you moved on to Tottenham then, Alan, um, 83-84, 31 games, who was at Tottenham in, in those days? Oh, it was a great side. You had uh, Ardiles, you had Ricky Villa, you had um, Glenn Hoddle, yeah. um, Steve Perriman, Ray Clements, Paul Miller, Graham Roberts, uh, tough they were, Chrissy Hutton, uh, Chris Hutton. Um, you had um, Tony Galvin was a, was a top player. You know, it was, it, it was a very, very, very good side. Gary Mabbitt, you know, people like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. What about Steve Archibald? Was he there then or not? Yeah, of course he was. Sorry. Well, Steve Steve was there, and their front two was brilliant. It was Crooks and Archibald. Yeah. And then, you know, they, they, he brought me in to liven up, and I, I ended up, you know, in and out the side. I, I, play, I went there with 12 games to go when we were mid-table, scored six, and we got into the UEFA Cup rankings the following year we won it. Yeah. But, um, you know, so I like to think I helped there. We beat the Arsenal 5-0 at White Hart Lane. I scored. So it was all going well till the end of the season when I'd, I had problems in my, my groins and my back and my hamstrings. We couldn't pinpoint what it was. And then, of course, later on, I found out it was it was um, S1L5, a degenerative change of the spine, basically wear and tear of the spine. Yeah. Yeah. So that 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 was it. I was never going to find my Ipswich Town form again after that, unless I had the operation. But in those days, it was too dangerous. Yeah. Well, time for a musical break now. We're going to hear some of Alan's musical choices. We're going to kick off with Maggie May and Mr. Rod Stewart.
Stewart there and Maggie May. Well, then you moved to Man United, which is uh, which obviously interests me because I've supported United since 1957, so I consider yes. myself to be a proper red. And I've really suffered this season, as as all Reds have. I think it's been it's has been. What do you put that down to? You you must obviously. I know it's a long time since you paid for them, but you must have an insight yeah. into what it's like up there. I mean, what, what would you well, put it down to? 
I, you know, it's a shame we couldn't do this a week later because I, I'm actually going to be having lunch with Brian Robson next Friday. So, All right, you yeah. know, and hopefully Rob will give me a little bit more insight to what's going on. But quite clearly, whoever's bought the players, they've not they've not blended, they've not bonded. There's too mm. many individuals, too many big time Charlies. Yeah. And you know, and 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 I don't think it's, see the game is so different now. These youngsters coming through don't care. When I say they don't care, I don't think they know what it means to the fans that have supported United home and away. Mm. Not just Man United. I'm top every team here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they believe what it means to families over generations. And for them, it's just a job, and mm. they just almost feel as if, oh well. You know, I didn't play well to, uh, today. I might be on the bench next week, but I'll get another chance. You know, yeah. whereas every time I went out, I, I, you know, I, I was conscious of the fact: start the game well, get the fans behind you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, um, you know, yeah. you, you've got to play well. Even in training at Manchester United, it was a hundred mile an hour. Now, I'm not suggesting it's not now, but it's just different attitudes now. It really is, you know, and and the money. And I don't mind saying this because I've resurrected myself and I've got another career in media and I've earned a lot of money and been very successful. So I'm not jealous of what they earn, but I just think it's got out of control. I yeah. really do. It's like you said, though, you know, they, they, you were sort of training, you go out there, go out there, play well, get the crowd behind you and all the rest of it. And now they take the view, as you've rightly said, you know, well, I had a bad game of day, doesn't matter. Here's another hundred grand yeah. going to the bank, so why worry about Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, a couple of years in the Premier now, you're made for life. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, whereas, and as I say, I'm not bitching, but I do know a lot of players, really, really top players, who between 60 and 75 now, years of age, are really struggling month to month, you know, and mm-hmm. and I just feel it's look, good luck to them. Let me say that first and foremost. Good luck to these youngsters now, but it's it's got out of control. And when a man can't take his two boys or two girls to a game when all the mates at school are maybe going, you know, that's sad, yeah. really. Yeah. It's, it's sad for me. Yeah, it is. So, so going back to, to playing for United, what what was your you know, I mean, what what was your debut like for a start? I mean, it must have been pretty good. At, I was, think was it was Old Trafford. It was, well, yeah, it was Watford opening game of the season, and you know, I'd, I'd love to bang a couple in, you know. But yeah. it was—I remember being nervous, and yeah, it was a place I was never nervous when I played against United. I scored mm. up there, and um, you know, we—I remember beating Man United six 0 at Portman Road yeah. with the two penalty misses as well, and scoring a couple of goals. Yeah, but it was just different, you know, because you, you wanted, you willing yourself to start the game well and play well and, and hit the back of the net. And, and kick off, you know, running, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was always a bit of a struggle. And um, and I always remember, you know, goals weren't bad, by the way. When I look at the games I played in, it, the goals weren't bad. I didn't have a, a drought or anything like that. But I just felt you didn't score on a Saturday. You were probably dropped on the Tuesday or the Wednesday or yeah. the following Saturday. You know, there was so much pressure. And plus, I had two youngsters coming through in Mark Hughes and Norman Whiteside. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, who were great players. So I knew I had to be on my game. And as I said at the start of the interview, I'd n- I was never going to recapture my Ipswich form again. And Arnold Munham was there, of course, who was at Ipswich with me. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I remember um, one hard training session where it was a long-distance run. I couldn't get anywhere near Arnold. When I was <laughs> at Ipswich, I would beat him by hundreds of yards. And yeah. I was really, really fit, strong. I was a very, very good runner. 
And Arnold said to me quietly, he said, well, you're right. You, you know, what's happened? I went, I have no idea. Don't know. Mm-hmm. So really, you know, I, I, and I got to the stage where I really looked forward to away from home rather than Old Trafford because like now, if you don't start well, oof, yeah. they can be on your back. Yeah. But away from home, the fans were great to me. And I think the majority of my goals for United were away from home. Were they? That's an interesting point. Yeah. And, and yeah. apart from Whiteside and... Um, and Mark Hughes, who else was in the team? And Muren, you well, said. Well, you had the brilliant Brian Robson, you had yeah. Gordon Strachan, you had Jasper Olsen, you had Gordon McQueen, Kevin Moran, Paul McGrath, John Gidman, Mickey Duxbury, Arthur oh. Alberston. Yeah. Well, you know, it was it was a proper, yeah. proper side that, you know, um, really, you know, top-class individuals. Don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed myself there. Hmm. And I mean, really enjoyed myself there. You know, I fitted in brilliantly. I just, you know, deep down I was angry that I didn't find, you know, I got 28 goals rips. I was hoping I'd get 38 for United. Yeah, yeah. It just wasn't to be, you know. So, um, you know, it's great to have been, been picked and played at a magnificent football club. But you just want to be, when you're at clubs like that, you want to be at your very, very best. And what yeah. unfortunately it wasn't, it wasn't to be. Yeah. But I mean, do you, do you think that you know? Obviously, the, the back problem. I can sympathise because I've got a dodgy back at the moment, anyway. But to play sport yeah. with a dodgy back must be even more difficult. Uh, I mean, well, do you think that was the beginning of, of your first-class career going then? Without a doubt, and and it got the stage. Um, it got to the stage where if I had to wash with one hand, one hand had to hold on to the sink and wash and clean my teeth with one hand. Yeah. If I pulled, the, if, if I took my hand off the sink, my head went straight in the bowl. That's yeah. how bad it was the day yeah. after. Yeah, it was horrendous. I had no, I had no strength in the bottom of my back, none at all, and mm. and that clearly affects your pace and stamina. Yeah, yeah. But uh, funnily enough, I, I can always remember from my youth there was a radio program on called The Flying Doctor. So uh, yeah. and, uh, it went uh, Flying Doctor calling Wallaboola Bay. So uh, it wasn't yeah, I remember Australia. Yes, yeah, I remember. So what? Wollong, it wasn't obviously Wollong, Wollongong, is it? Wollongong, Wollongong. City? Yeah, Wollong, yeah, Wollongong's um, not far from Sydney. And I, I was in the city of London um, one night in a pub, and a guy came up and introduced himself, and he was a, an agent. And he says, "You still look fit." And I went, "Yeah, but I'm, you know, apart from my back, I'm." I'm fine, you know. Mm. I still, I still get exercise, but I, I, I couldn't do what I used to do. And he says, "Well, how would you like to come out of Australia?" And I was just being nice to him. I said, "Yeah, I'd love to." Yeah, where? Where? Woman, woman, what? You know, I had no idea where it was. <laughs> yeah. I ended up. Went, I said, "I'll play three games," and um, it was the big league out there. Um, you know, you'd Sydney, Melbourne, all the bit, all the you know the the top yeah. sides in Australia. And we won two, drew one. He says, please play in Melbourne. My brother was in Melbourne at the time, an older brother. Yeah. And I went, okay. Um, and I went to Melbourne and we won. So we won three, drew one, top of the table. following week, I came home. The following week, the centre forward broke his legs. He came back for six, six games. Yeah. And at the time, it was good money, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, I went out and I played six. We drew, we, we drew two, won four. And then came home and they got beat the following week. Could I come back? I went, gee, listen, mate, with a great suspect, it's not like I'm on a train to Manchester. Mm. And I ended up going out for another 68 games. And they were, you know, I, I can't remember losing the game. You know, we ended up winning the league. So that was great. And I came back and there was a guy called Ramondo Ponte who played for Forest. He was, a, uh, he was an Italian by birth, but played for Switzerland. 
And um, he spoke to Trevor Francis, who in turn was out in Wollongong playing a couple of games. And he said, Alan Brazil's all right. You know, he, he could easily play for in Switzerland. It was the B League. And he said, so I ended up going there for a year and having a brilliant time. Yeah. And he asked me to stay another year. But I just, you know, that was that I just about had enough and I came yeah. home. But so I, I, even though I wasn't 100%, I could still play at a level and still score goals. Was it a difficult decision, though, to have to finally throw in the towel? No, not at all, because I tried everything. I went all over the country. I tried acupuncture. I tried absolutely everything. I went to see the PFA specialist. I went to see my own specialist. I had injections in my groins. And eventually, they said, look, uh, you know, it's, it's not working. Mm. It's your lower spine. It's not working. Nowadays, an MRI scan would pick it up right away. Yeah. Okay. But in those days, that wasn't possible. And, um, you know, when they said, Alan, look, do yourself a favor. You're going to hurt yourself. Just give it up. And it was a relief. And when I eventually got diagnosed and they said, your, your L5 and S1 sacrilege joint is just, you should lock it together because you have no discs there. Yeah. I knew then, I thought, right, so I've got to the bottom of it. I know why I struggled. And I was quite happy to say it enough. And I was age 27. Yeah, yeah. Time for another record now. This one's called Alive and Kicking, and it's uh, from Alan's youth, really, because he went to school with one of the guys from Simple Minds. Love 
from Simple Minds, who, of course, Alan went to school with one of them. So, so what's it like now, Alan? Is it, is, you know, is it, Do you know it... what? At the moment, I'm not bad. It's my, my knees that are playing up at the moment. You know, Join the I'm, club, 63. <laughs> oh, I'm 63 in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, um, and my knees are shot to pieces. And, mm. and they've already told me I have replacements. But with the, with the problems in the hospitals at the moment, even private, I'm, you know, mm. I'm, I'm trying to... I'm trying to just put up with it, to be honest, but yeah. I can't play golf now. And of course, if you can't exercise a lot, you put a bit of weight on. So yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a vicious round circle. But going back to the question, my back at the moment is not that bad. Hmm. I can put up with it, no problem. Well, I wish I could because I've got sciatica in the back of my legs and it's bloody well, killing well, me. Well, I, I don't even like to mention that name because I had loads of that and yeah. I've not had that for ages, thank yeah. God. I think if people, but, you know, people... but your back, once you have a bad back, everything else goes wonky. Yeah, right? yeah, well, this is the trouble, isn't it? But, you know, Pete, you say oh, I've got sciatica and, and those people who haven't had it haven't got a clue how bloody Oof. painful it is. It's, it's horrible. You can't yeah. sleep properly. No. It's, it's just horrible. Not brilliant, but there you go. You've got to keep going, haven't you? Um, you know. Yeah. No, 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 no. Absolutely. We're only here for a visit. My best mate said he's he's eighty. He was eighty a couple of weeks ago, and he said, uh, "Age, you've got to live for the day, mate." As he took it about his thirty-second vodka and uh, whiskey down. So, yeah. You know, this is this is the, the what was it he calls it the the elixir of life. He reckons as he t- takes a scotch every t- absolute piss that he is. But there we go. Um, yeah. Alan, you've got so many things to talk about. Um, 
moving on to to um, talk sport. I mean, how did you get how did you get involved with talk sport? Um, it was it was simple. You know, I started doing a little bit of media, mm. um, local Angler TV, then local BBC Radio Suffolk, and that progressed to Five Live, and then this this guy, this crackpot, Mike Parry. Yeah. who I'd never met, never heard of, phoned me up and said, um, uh, would you like to do Talk Sport? And I went, what? And he said, Talk Sport's a radio station, live radio, just talking, no music. I went, yeah, I'll give that a go. And I thought nothing of it. Almost missed the show, forgot all about it. Luckily, I was in London, made it at like, it started at 7 and finished at 9 or 9.30. Yeah. And um, in those days, it was really a little chat on the phone in. And uh, he went mad at me. I got there at two minutes to seven. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I'll walk straight back out if you want. And um, he said, I said, well, give me my script. He said, I don't have a script. I said, oh, really? I said, what do you want me to do? He said, just say hello. Have a look. Tell a few stories. And people will phone in. I'm like, get lost. Luckily, I had Paul Miller from Spurs with me. We'd been out to lunch. Yeah. And he sat in with me with a little giggle and a chat. And then all of a sudden, the phone lines opened up. There's all these taxi drivers and van drivers that were stopped on the break listening to the radio. Yeah. And that's how it started. And then not, not long after that, he said, what about breakfast? I said, what time? He said, six. I said, you're having a laugh. I struggled <laughs> to get up for 10 for football, never mind six. And he got the great James Whale to come and talk to me. Yeah. And we sat and we had a bottle of champagne and he started talking about breakfast and the importance of it. Started talking about the money side of it, and I thought, okay, I'll give it a go. And that was 22 years ago. Yeah. And you're still at it? I'm still at it, yeah. I only do two days a week now. It was five because you had new bosses come in who have different ideas. And he changed it, and I wasn't I wasn't happy. But now, just two days a week, I, I can't wait to get back in, on a Wednesday night or a Thursday morning. More music now. And this one's called Sweet Caroline from, of course, Mr. Neil Diamond. Where it began I can't begin to knowing But then I know it's growing strong Wasn't the spring And spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along Hand Touching hands Reaching out Touching me Touching you shoulders how can I hurt one whole 
Touching warm, reaching out, touching me, touching you. Sweet Caroline there and Neil Diamond. You know, it's absolutely brilliant having you on our radio station because, of course, we're only just a little small um, community sports station broadcast on the internet, so we don't get that many. We've had about a about 120,000 listeners in about two and a half well, that's years. That's good. Which is not too that's bad. That's good. Um, well, we, uh, we had about th- I think we had about 3.2 million at the highest. But because of, um, you know, the illnesses lately, people yeah. have changed the habits a wee bit, but... Yeah. I still, I believe Thursday, Friday, I'm told they still have the highest audience. I would have thought and, so. Um, the, all, and all the sponsors are, are, are all there and they put a lot of money in and we actually make a lot of money. So yeah. while that continues, then I'll continue. Yeah, no, don't blame you. You know, it's, it's, it's good. But, but I mean, you must have some stories about, you know, being on, on, on air at Red Talk, Talk Sport. Can you... Can you remember any? Can you recount any? That are... Oh, there's, lo- there's loads, you know. Any that particularly stand out? Oh, it's Cheltenham races, the Cheltenham Festival. Is I was just, going to come to that in a minute. <laughs> just fantastic. But I, I remember, uh, here's a good story, which is not often told. When uh, Well, it's not good because I'm talking about the time when the Twin Towers got attacked. Yeah. And uh, I, was in the west, I was in the west end of London in Langham's Brasserie having lunch. And I had my wife phone me and told me, I says, what? A plane's hit a choking. And then she says, another one? Wow. So... We, we were doing radio the next day with Mike Parry breakfast. And, of course, he was the Washington correspondent for the Express newspaper many years ago. Right. So he knew all about it. In fact, he even broke the Princess Di death in Paris. Really? You know, he was a bit of a news hound, yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he broke it to the world. Anyway, cut long story short, the aftermath was horrendous, of course. And there was certain planes would not leave Heathrow. And there was one big rumour about one plane because of the the number of the plane, it's something to do with something in the and they threatened to blow this plane up. It was, it was something like that. Yeah. And this plane would sit in the ground and wouldn't take off. And anyway, one day I said to my pal, I went, look, come on, let's get on that plane. Let's get on the plane. You phone up British Airways. Let's get on the plane. When it's going to leave, we're on it and we're going to do a show from Washington, D.C. Right. And a few days later, the plane took off with me and Parry, and I think there was like two other passengers on the plane. Yeah. And the pilot came out and had a chat with us. We landed in the snow in Dulles International Airport in Washington. 
went to the White House, trudged through the snow to the radio station each morning, done a show, had a couple of days there and came back. And that was a case of, come on, we've done it, you can do it. And British Airways was so, so happy, I promise you. They, were, yeah. they couldn't thank us enough. Um, but I remember it was minus like, 20, it was freezing cold. But it was a great experience and it was my idea. I just thought, let's get on that plane. Come on, let's do it. And yeah. Of course, he loves stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. and there's there's plenty others. Um, you know, we were in Amsterdam for the opening of the Amsterdam Arena with England. England played uh, Holland. And um, we had a bit of a boozy lunch, me and Paddy. And we're going to the game. And as we got to the game, when I say a boozy lunch, we had a few bottles of wine in this Italian restaurant. And uh, we'd finished our work, so there was no problem. And we're going to the game, and um, we got there. And it was the brand-new stadium. And some of the turnstiles weren't opening properly, and England fans were missing the kickoff. And, of course, it all kicks off. There's fights galore, police horses charging. And I, I got out of the, the cab with Paddy, and he, he, did, he didn't know what to do. And then I saw the cab spin round, so I thought, well, what am I doing here? I'm Scottish. So I jumped <laughs> back in the cab, and I went back to central Amsterdam. I watched the game on the telly. <laughs> and there was so much chaos and, and carnage that he couldn't remember much about the game at all, whereas I could because I watched it, you know, sitting in a hotel watching the television. Yeah. So the next day was funny. And um, I, I reported what we'd seen, and, and he explained a bit about the chaos and the carnage. And then we walked back to the Italian for lunch, and they applauded us as we walked in. We'd, we'd drunk about nine bottles of Pinot Grigio or something, <laughs> just outrageous, ridiculous. So we did enjoy ourselves when we were, um, you know, out and about. But uh, Kelvin, Kelvin wasn't happy, Kelvin McKenzie, who was our boss. Yeah. And I had a few run-ins with him, to be honest. But I never used to take things too seriously, to be honest. I used to love it. Mm. And um, sometimes overdo it, if you know what I mean. Right, time for some more music. And this time it's from Carol King and You've Got a Friend.
got a friend but he was he was very much a, a controversial character himself though wasn't he Kelvin McKenzie he was it was it was his idea to do the station and I don't think he realized how big it could become you know over three over three million listeners on a regular basis yeah and I would imagine when he sold it he, he you know he made a lot of money you know so mm-hmm. um but it's been sold a few times now now Mr Murdoch owns it the News International Group they own it all right. And uh, as I say, we're still a big audience. We, we wouldn't have 3.2, 3.3, but we're around 3 million still, I think. Yeah, which is brilliant, really, isn't it? But yeah. Well, that's what caught me rage, as I, I believe there's more, to be honest, because everywhere I go in the country now, yeah. people, yeah. They, they, I'm not saying everyone listens, but there's a vast amount there. Well, we should be at at least another 500,000 with you coming on to uh, Three Valleys Radio, <laughs> mate, I'm telling you. So that, that's the start. Now you're very welcome. Listen, I started at Radio Suffolk, so I understand. Mm. And it, there's, a lot of, um, there's, a, there's a lot of small radio stations that put so much effort and time in that they deserve to get good listeners. So you're very welcome. No, well, it's, it's great. I mean, you know, but, but the thing is, one of the best programs that I enjoy doing is, is my horse racing show, which I do every Friday. And been yeah. ever so lucky that I've I met Colin Brown in nineteen eighty six a cricket match. Yeah. And he played. 
and then I lost touch with him for ages and then I thought yeah we're doing a horse race and I'll ring Colin Brown up see if he remembers me well cut a long story yeah. short he does he does two bits on the show every week he's he's helped me with contacts such as yourself He's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And was uh, a character as well. Yeah. And oh, by the yeah. way, a brave man. You know, a brave man. You can yeah. get with these jump. I'm talking about injuries, sports injuries. What these guys go through. National oh. hunt jockeys is phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, he's. I mean, he's retired now, obviously. But I mean, he, he's he's been helpful because there's so many people that he's brought on. We've had Martin Tyler on. We've had Bruff Scott on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fitzgerald, half the ITV. But they've all come on, and it's all thanks to to Colin. You know. Last musical track coming up now, and it's your song from Elton John. It's a little bit funny, this feeling inside. I'm not one of those who can easily hide. I don't have much money. But boy, if I did, I'd buy a big house where we both could live. If I was a sculptor, but then again, no, or a man who makes potions in a traveling show, I. No, it's not much, but it's the best I can do. My gift is my song, and this one's for you. And you can tell everybody this is your song. It may be quite simple, but now that it's done. I hope you don't mind, I hope you don't mind That I put down the words How wonderful life is While you're in the world I sat on The verses, well, they've got me quite cross But the sun's been quite kind While I wrote this song It's for people like you that Keep it turned on So excuse me for getting But these things I do See, I've forgotten if they're green or they're blue. Anyway, the thing is, what I really mean. Yours are the sweetest guys I've ever seen. And you can tell everybody this is the song. It may be quite simple, but now that it's done, 
But, but yeah. looking at, um, at horse racing, which I know is your passion as much as it is mine, I, I've got a. Have you heard of hot to trot racing? No, I haven't. No. Well, it's it's a syndicate basically. We've got six flat horses, uh, two year old yeah. um, fillies most of the time, and uh, it's brilliant, mate. It's 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 two grand a year, and and the amount of fun I get out of that is is absolutely brilliant. And well, the syndicates are brilliant, and they're getting more and more popular. I, I'm actually involved in one. As we speak, and it's a new syndicate, and it's uh, if you get a chance, you can look it up, and your listeners can look it up. It's Newsells Park, N E W S E L L double L S Newsells Park, and that's a fantastic, very very successful stud farm. Yeah, and then uh, they've decided to go into having a racing syndicate. I tell you who stands there, Nathaniel. He's the main star. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And at the moment, there's probably. There's probably 50 foals in the ground at the moment. It's it's amazing setup over near Royston, not far from Newmarket. Mm. And um, we had a first winner uh, last week, uh, two weeks ago, uh, called Expressu, lovely filly, and she'll run very soon. Um, and uh, you know we've got four two-year-olds. Our trainers, for instance, are John Gosden, Mark Johnson, Roger Varian, and Haggis. William oh. Haggis. So we've got four first-class trainers. Must have been. Never um, heard of so half of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're geniuses, and um, you know that's our four main trainers, and it's the Aussie Ardiles Syndicate at the moment. And next next year we'll we'll introduce some more yearlings and two year olds into the syndicate. It'll be the Alan Brazil Syndicate. Yeah. yeah, but it's just a dream to be part of this setup because the place itself is just it's twelve hundred fifty. It's just planted. Um, I think 100 acres of vine. So we're going to have our own wine label as well. And it's just, we, we just lost. It was sad on Guineas. On the Sunday, we lost the best, one of the best, well, the best broodmare this century. Yeah. A broodmare called Shasti. And we lost her. She gave birth to, she gave, um, birth to a beautiful Dubawi foal. All right. And uh, the foal, touch with the foal is fine. She's a foster mare. But poor Shasti hemorrhaged and died. Mm. And it was heartbreaking. It really oh, was. Yeah. But she she's the side of like Mogul, Japan from Coolmore. Oh, right. And she's she sired over fifteen million pounds worth of folks prize money. You know, yeah. just sensational. Yeah. yeah. Sensational. So there was there's highs and lows, but I'm pleased to say the colt is fine. And also, um, I think one of the mayors out of the ARC winner, right. last year's ARC winner, we've got the mum and the granddam. They produced a beautiful Franco coat as well, oh. just the other day. So there, there was great sadness and great joy. Yeah, well, because the, the Dubawi's having an awful lot of success at the moment, isn't he? So uh... correct, correct. Well, that that look between you and I, that that coat uh, would probably be worth a million right yeah. now. You yeah. know, it's, it's it's 
These these are so purebred and blue-blooded. Breeding is sensational. But it's not just that. The guy's a big Tottenham fan, and that's why our deal is Brazil. Hopefully, we'll get someone like Glenn Hoddle or, yeah. or whoever associated with Spurs. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the, he's, he's a real horseman. He loves his racing. He's invested um, many, many years. You know, there's some beautiful mares there. Um, some of the big French, big families, perfume owners, they've got, you know, their mares, they come over to Newsels Park. It's just, it's just wonderful what you're seeing. It's wonderful we're part of. It really is. And um, we're only small syndicates, invitation only, but it is, it's just real nice people. You know, it's lovely. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I, I love it. There's a bloke called Sam Hoskins who runs Hot to Trot, but we've, we've had a few decent horses. We had a horse called Curious last year. Uh, which yeah. won a, a Group Three and a listed race, so that was all right. And um, yeah, oh, lovely. We got a complete new lot now, and they're with uh, Charlie Fellows, Hugo Palmer, Clive Cox. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the other three now, but but you know, it's it's great to be involved, really. But but moving on to Cheltenham, you 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 know, you're a regular at Cheltenham. I know. Um, I've been a few times, but what, what's the what's the best Cheltenham you've ever been to? I think one of the one of the best. It's very difficult because, you know, I've I've been very lucky betting wise when I go to Cheltenham, which mm. is not easy to do. But no. uh, Kauto Star was, you know, I, I, yeah. I did very well at Kauto Star. But I was there when um, I had a horse with John Joe Neal as well, and uh, when John Joe, you know, when it was a uh, history, when the mayor Peter Sullivan, the mayor's getting up, Don Run, but I had back wavered lad. Twice, uh-huh. yeah, and that horse led over the last twice and just could not get up the last fifty yards of that hill. Uh-huh. And I was on it twelve to one, and you know, and I, and I, I almost cried when he got <laughs> nabbed on the line by John Joe. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I've got to know John Joe and Jackie's wife very, very well now, and I spend a day on the Monday before Cheltenham up at Jack Dawes, which was fantastic. Yeah, but I tell you what, talking about current uh, times and great times, it, it, the last. The, the last festival just gone. JP McManus was up at Jack Dawes because he's the owner, right? And he winked at me. We were doing a radio from there, so I do radio from Jack Dawes Monday, and then from the Coral Box Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. And he he winked at me and he said, um, "You back your horse tomorrow?" I went, "My horse?" He went, "Yeah, I think it just about go close, could win." And he winked and walked out, and he's a, a man of very few words. Mm. So I looked, and it, it could only mean one horse. It was called Brazil. Right, and then in the Fred Winter. So anyway, cut a long story short. I tell the list story, then I tell Ray Parler, ex Arsenal Invincible, and I were doing corporate entertainment. Yeah, and I told all the people in the in in, in the boxes. It was like there's probably I don't know 150 people there. Yeah, and yeah. we're all back Brazil, and of course it got up to win by a short head. Oh, the place! It took me two and a half hours to get out of there, honestly. <laughs> and I give two other winners. I give three horses on the day: Constitution Hill, who bolted up, who will win the champion yeah. next year. Well, I could have given. And that the other one was a uh, oh, uh, and there's this local horse from here in Suffolk, yeah. Edwardson. Oh yeah, they really fancy him, and I give them so I give them three winners. So I was a hero. Yeah, and yeah. and that was the Tuesday crack. I tell you, it was a long week after that. <laughs> Well, because you know, I'm I'm in Somerset, and we've got an awful lot. Um, we've got Harry Fry down here. We've got uh, Anthony Honeyball. We've got Colin Tizard, uh, Kaylee Woolacott. Yes. They're all within a spitting distance of where I live. So, um, 
yeah, you know, we're we're, we're quite quite fortunate in in the contact wise. It's it's good, and um, you know, we we uh, Colin Tizard, for example, has, has been has been great. He's always coming on the show for us, and now it's he's oh well, Joe, well Joe's, Joe's a nice guy. I know yeah, Joe very well. He's a yeah, lovely guy. Yeah, now Joe's as you know, as he's taken over sort of thing. So uh, yeah, um, it's all good really. But uh, we're having a we're having a, um, a celebrity cricket match in July. Uh, trainers uh-huh. versus jockeys for the injured jockeys fund. So, uh, okay. If you feel like a, a, a wayward trip down <laughs> to Somerset, you'd let me know, okay? Yeah. Well, the, the Coral Boys are probably there. Dave Stevens and Simon Clare, because they sponsor the Tizard Jars. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I know I know Steve likes to drink. Simon likes to play cricket, so they'll probably be oh, well, coming out right somewhere then. down there. I'm, I'm just yeah. worried about getting enough jockeys. That's the trouble because trainers are easy <laughs> enough to contact and get down, but jockeys are not quite so yeah. easy. But uh, well, that's where Mickey Fitz comes in, comes in again. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. But I mean, it, it, you know, and Colin. I mean, Colin has got so many contacts. It's unbelievable, really. It makes yeah. it makes life so much more. You know, doing a radio program when you can get decent people on, you know, I mean, they don't. Yeah, wanna, no, absolutely. They don't want to listen to me waffling on. They want to listen to people like yourself, <laughs> which is, which is, <laughs> which is why you're on, you know. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but no, it's been great. So I mean, you you'll carry on going to Cheltenham now, won't with you? And that's going to be a yearly occurrence for you, is it? I take it. Without without a doubt, you know, I, if I'm being dead honest, the flat's more my game, but. Cheltenham is very, very special. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's nothing like it. I've, been, I've done Aintree, which I enjoyed. I've done Ascot over jumps. In fact, I've been jumping quite a lot, but um, it's just a buzz. It's unique, Cheltenham. The atmosphere, yeah. the punters you meet, the songs, the Guinness. Yeah. Although I don't drink beer anymore. You know, I had a little problem in my heart and I had a little minor operation. Well, it wasn't so minor, but I'm fine now. Yeah. So I tend to just uh, have the odd glass of wine now and again now. We've got a lot in common because I've had a stent put in my heart as well. So. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't have that. I'd what they call an ablation, where they blast it and get oh, the right. rhythm back to normal. Yeah, yeah. But I was in. I was in St uh, Bartholomew's Hospital, London, and they were brilliant. They looked after me, fabulous. Yeah, no, they're good. So, um, what was I going to say? Um, what about Royal Ascot? Do you do, do you do that? I'm there. I'm there. Uh, I, I don't broadcast on the Monday from Royal Ascot. Um, so I have the Monday off, and then it starts, of course, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I've been doing all four days from the Coral Box. You know, they're our main sponsor, along with Arnold Clark. Yeah. Um, so, and that is beautiful. The box is superb. We get some great punters coming in, and of course, the racing every day is very, very special. It really is. And where does that so go out, that, then, Alan? That's, that's, uh, that that will go out live six a.m. till ten, and then what, from their website or something, is June, it? Uh, no, no, that'll go out live. It'll go out live what, on, on TalkSport. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, right, okay. Yes, yeah, so it'll go live on TalkSport. Yeah. Uh, the breakfast show, 6 a.m. to 10, and then they'll do commentaries as well from Royal Ascot Live. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they make a big thing of it. All right. Oh, well, I should listen to that for sure then. That's for sure. Yeah. But, Rupert uh, Bell, brother of Michael Bell, will be the commentator. But yeah. we, we, you know, we'll have Harry Redknapp, people like that on. Yeah. We'll have, you know, one oh. or two trainers, owners, jockeys. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, that's what I try to do with my racing show. We've had Harry on 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 the racing show as well. But again, Colin Brown, so he's 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 the conduit. He's yeah. the man in the middle that makes it all happen, which is which yeah, is great. He loves really. it. Well, Harry loves his racing. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Any chance he'll be there? Yeah, no. Well, I hope so. Anyway, we you know the more money we can make, the better it will be. Sort of thing. That's the point. Yeah. But um, yeah. Look, 
Alan, you've been absolutely wonderful, mate. You know, nearly 40 minutes of, of absolute quality. So thank you ever so much for that. I really do appreciate it. Well, you're very it. welcome. And if any of your listeners do listen to talks, well, I really appreciate that. I promise you, I do. I really enjoy doing it. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, no. Well, we, we love having you. And obviously, you know, an ex-Man United legend, that's, that's even better from my point of view. So um, <laughs> thank you very much for that, sir. You are an absolute star. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll talk again, you know, who knows in the distant future anyway. Songs. Absolutely. Thank you very much for uh, having me, and I hope you enjoy it. Listen. No, Thank no, it's you. brilliant. This is Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a and you've been listening to the In Conversation program with A.D. Hopper. Make sure you join us every week here on Three Valleys Radio. Let's play.